We have two readings. The first is Genesis 4, verses 1 to 16. Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother, Abel. Now, Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel also brought an offering, fat portions, from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favour on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favour. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied, am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's cry blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer of the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land and I'll be hidden from your presence. I'll be like a rest restless wanderer on the earth and whoever finds me will kill me. But the Lord said to him, not so, anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Uh, and now from Philippians 2, 1 to 11. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being like, united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the high place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue can acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, shall we uh, bow in prayer? Loving Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you do not make us guess who you are, 
and how we can best live our lives, but by your Holy Spirit you speak to us directly through your word, the Bible. We ask you this morning to speak to us. Enable us by your Holy Spirit to relate your word to our lives and then to obey and follow it. Trusting in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. This morning uh, we are speaking about resentment uh, in the light of the first murder uh, found in chapter 4 of the book of Genesis. It's uh, a sobering thing to be um, dealing with this topic in the light of the horrendous massacre in New Zealand on uh, Friday. Those who have been uh, here Sunday by Sunday would know that we are continuing a series during the six weeks before Easter entitled uh, Six Rules for Work and Life. The purpose of the series is to assist us to live as followers of Jesus Christ, uh, not just on Sundays but throughout the um, whole week. The rules that have been chosen are not strictly speaking commandments to be uh, obeyed but principles that will uh, give direction to uh, what we do. The goal of the series is to guide us in our daily activities, whether we're engaged in a job or career or, or not really formally employed. Um, I might confess that, you know, week by week, I don't sort of put myself in that category and so I'm inclined to switch off because I don't think it's for me, but you shouldn't switch off. Uh, even if you're a voluntary worker, a homemaker or a retired person, or for some reason you cannot engage in what some people call work. We're all involved in work. The well-known Love Boat song uh, starts with the line, love is in the air. <laughs> and um, however, I want to suggest that not love, but resentment is in the air. Resentment is present or potentially present in all uh, human relationships uh, with uh, dire consequences. By the way, in your zine, I think I, I, that statement's there, but it's got the word if, not is. Resentment is, not if, is present or potentially present in all human relations with dire consequences. And the massacre in Christchurch is a perfect illustration. I'm not going to be speaking about it, but it is certainly relevant to what uh, we are saying. But here are some typical examples. Think about a common experience in uh, many uh, city offices. An employee receives a much higher salary uh, compared to others. Often this person is not better qualified and may not even work as hard. Could be a male, but uh, not necessarily. And then to top it all off, they are given a promotion over everybody else. Hard not to be resentful, even if you are 
a follower of Jesus Christ. In the uh, same vein, a woman or man of, say, middle age or a little bit older would like to improve their housing situation, but they cannot because of lack of finance. She or he would like to spend more time with their family and, and travel about. They cannot do so because they are required to work long hours and have not been able to save enough money. It would be hard not to be resentful of, say, neighbours nearby who live in roomy, you know, well-furnished houses, have um, high-paying jobs, don't seem to work all that hard, and they appear to be in the best of health, and they're always taking their family on uh, expensive um, holidays. And just one more example. A widow or widower with grown-up children remarries. When they die, they leave the bulk of their estate to their new partner and his or her children. It's almost humanly impossible, I say, for those who miss out not to be resentful. Now, we could go on pulling up examples of situations uh, where resentment arises because of desires and goals are blocked by somebody else or someone uh, hurts or offends or because life is better for others or because they are just different. Resentment is everywhere. But, you know, it's hard to see it uh, in our own lives. Now, this morning we're going to look at the historical account of the first murder, as recorded in uh, Genesis 4, uh, to better understand the nature, causes, and uh, consequences of resentment. Then we'll look at sustainable solutions to our resentments, first of all, by observing how the Lord Jesus Christ uh, handled what could have been, um, well, what was, um, bitter resentment directed against him, and then following up with some practical things that we can do to deal with our resentments. As I uh, indicated earlier, resentment is rife in human relations with dire consequences. And Genesis 4 is a mirror of life from the beginning of the human race down through the ages and onto the present day. The, rewards, the reports we hear of uh, murder weekly, sometimes daily, and the massacre in Christchurch are typical of what is going on around the world and has been going on uh, throughout history. Adam and Eve, followed by Cain, rejected God's authority and moved further and further away from him. I might mention in passing, parents have a strong influence for good or evil on their children. Out of resentment toward Abel, Cain murdered his brother. 
The dictionary uh, meaning of resentment is to feel angry and uh, sustain those feelings because of uh, insult, injury, or injustice, or be held in contempt uh, by someone else. We can add a perceived insult, injury, or justice. Injustice has the same effect. Whether the insult, injury, or injustice is, is real uh, or intended. But that's only about feelings uh, at, at the uh, surface level. Dr. Tim Keller has remind us, reminded us, even though we are more loved by God and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared to hope, at the same time, we are more sinful and flawed than we ever dare to believe. Resentment goes to the, the core of our being. Uh, Cain and uh, we have inherited sinful natures. The sinful nature, it's really our hearts the centre of our affections and desires. Our hearts are diseased by uh, spiritual toxins like pride and greed and, and self-centeredness. Human hearts, apart from the cleansing power of the Holy Spirit, are like gardens of uh, noxious weeds, jealousy with you know, jealousy and envy and, and, and bitterness, self-righteousness, prejudice, resentment, hatred, anger, and even murder. And that is why Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount warned that um, we are all potential murderers when he said, anyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Cain murdered his brother Abel out of resentment. Now, you might be one of those who feel a bit sorry for poor old Cain. It seems like, you know, he was, he was done an injustice. But a, a close look at the narrative suggests that Abel offered the best of his produce in thanks to God for his goodness to him, while Abel kept back the best for himself. Yeah, he gave God something, but he kept God, well, he kept the best for himself. And so there is a warning for us in the story of the first family. From the highest degree of privilege uh, to the lowest depravities of sin, there is but just a succession of steps. The degeneration in the first family on earth we observed in the opening of the Genesis uh, chapter 4 provides the biblical explanation for the presence of resentment in the world. And we can explain, and we can add rather, the explanation of all evil over all time and certainly in our world today. 
And it really explains why our lives, my life and your life, why our lives and relationships are out of sync with uh, one another. Now, I'm conscious as I say all this, it's pretty heavy and, and gloomy and, and serious stuff, but we've just got to recognise it as such. As God's people, we are called to follow the life and example of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so the question arises, how did Jesus deal with insult, injury and hurt? The Bible reminds us that, that our Saviour Jesus Christ was in every sense uh, tempted like we are, yet without sin. If anyone had a valid reason for being resentful and, and taking vengeance on his adversaries, it was Jesus. Just uh, to go a bit further, we're told in John's Gospel, Jesus, though truly God and truly man, came to his own people and they rejected him. The 8th century prophet Isaiah uh, tells us in relation to Jesus' death, he was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter and a sheep before the shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. Despite the unjust and viciously cruel manner in, in which Jesus was treated and abused on earth, and especially at his death, there is not the slightest hint of resentment, hate or anger. In the Gospels and the New Testament, we are given insight into the mind, into the thinking, the attitude and the resolve of Jesus in dealing uh, with rejection, uh, pain and, and unjust suffering. And the two qualities that stand out in Jesus' character and uh, in particular um, in his suffering are love and humility. First, love. Jesus taught you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with uh, all your strength. This is the great and uh, first commandment. And by the way, this was the secret of Jesus' life. And then he went on to say, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. He also added, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you, that you may be children of your Father who is in heaven. Jesus, of course, did not just teach about love. He loved in action, even with his executioners. He did not bear resentment in his heart 
or seek vengeance. And then the other hallmark of Jesus' character was humility in sharp contrast um, with what we see uh, in uh, Cain when he committed uh, murder stemming from his uh, resentment. Paul, the apostle, draws attention to Jesus' humility in his letter to the Philippians. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the very form God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking upon himself the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the form of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. The principle of life and living that we are looking at today uh, is uh, listen to your, your resentments rather in the workplace but also in uh, every place you are. And here we are thinking about how to identify and deal with our resentments in a positive and life-enriching way. How to free ourselves and others, those we live and work with, from the damaging uh, effects of redemption. At the outset, as we think about managing our resentments, we have to face the reality that the condition and the causes of resentment are so deep-seated in our persons, we will never be fully free until we become perfectly whole uh, in heaven. But it doesn't mean that we should not work at identifying our resentments and doing something about them. Another thing we need to keep in mind too is that a sustainable solution to our resentment is not found in just trying to follow good advice. And there's lots of good advice, you know, sound advice around. Um, it's not to be found in even striving uh, to keep God's commandment um, 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 and, and being what he tells us to be. Don't hear me wrongly. Sound advice and knowing, uh, uh, well, rather knowingly trying to seek to do God's will is important and, and vital. But trying to live by good advice and by God's command in our own strength is, it's impossible. It's like trying to lift yourself up by your own shoelaces. It will not work. A starting point in being a better person, a good person, a holy person, and they're all the same thing, those things, is to be reconciled to God by a personal faith in Jesus Christ as Saviour and Lord, and then being made a spiritually alive by God's Spirit. The Bible calls it being born anew 
from above. And we can't even begin to deal with our problem unless we're born again. We've been changed by putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. And then the next phase in being a truly good and holy person, and that includes giving up our resentments, involves allowing God to gradually transform us into better persons day by day in reliance on the Holy Spirit and making means especially of prayer and uh, Bible reading and reflection. And now just a, a few uh, practical steps in listening to our resentments and dealing with them. First, we need to identify and acknowledge our resentments. This may be hard because we tend to be blind uh, to our own sins. No one likes resentment in others, but no one is so blind to anything as when it occurs in himself or herself. Identifying and acknowledging our resentments uh, is hard to do because of the insult, injury and justice that has gone on and, and, uh, and we just find it, you know, we just can't get rid of it. We, 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 we feel, you know, an adverse way towards the other person. Perhaps um, it's hard because um, the memory, we've lost the memory altogether. Um, or it's too uh, painful to think about or uh, to talk about. I might just say in passing, and I'm conscious when I'm talking about these sorts of things, I could be raising all sorts of issues and, and problems for people. We need, we may need, uh, to talk to a, a wise, uh, trustworthy friend or even seek professional help if we have troubles, you know, deep troubles, and we all have deep trouble in one sense, yeah, in this uh, area. But second, we must repent of our resentment and seek God's forgiveness. Christ died for our sins. He died that we might be forgiven. When we repent, we are not accepting and saying that the insult, injury and hurt at the base of our resentment does not matter but we are taking responsibility for our, our own sinful attitude, attitudes, thoughts and feelings. We're asking God's forgiveness for our sins of pride, our greed, our self-centeredness, our sins of jealousy, our envy, bitterness, self-righteousness, prejudice, resentment, hatred, anger, and hopefully this won't be true of anybody here, even murder. And third, we must, and this is a hard one, we must be willing to forgive those who have um, insulted us, injured us, treated us unjustly, hold us in contempt. Jesus taught us to pray in the prayer he gave us, forgive us our sins as we forgive those 
who sin against us. When Jesus was asked the question, how many times and how many people uh, should you be willing and prepared to forgive? Jesus put no limit on how many times we're sinned against and uh, how serious the sins. We are not, with God's help, to keep a score in our memories of the sins against us. We must be willing to forgive everyone, every time. Now, once again, this does not mean that we have to uh, excuse the sins of others, minimise uh, serious wrongs, or be the best of friends uh, with them. They will have to give an account to God on the day of judgment for the way they have treated us. So let's leave it to God. Fourth, we must, like Jesus, be humble and loving towards others, even to those who've insulted, injured, and treated us unjustly. The Apostle John wrote, For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. As an outcome of that love that God pours in our hearts, enlightened and empowered by the Holy Spirit, we need to grow in valuing others. The Apostle Paul in Philippians put it this way, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value others above yourself, not looking for your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. Remember, those who we resent are also made in the image of God and even if we are appalled at their behaviour, uh, we should still value them and we should still uh, pray uh, for them. I think this uh, weekend has uh, really proven it. There is, and in fact, you know, listen to the media, the, you know, all the politics, you know, all the, all the politicians, just to, to name a few. There is so much resentment in Sydney there is so much resentment in Australia, in the world. But can I just add, even in us. Now, we can do something about resentment in us by listening to and, and dealing with our resentment, envy, anger and hate by identifying and acknowledging our resentments then uh, repenting of them and seeking God's forgiveness. Being willing to forgive others, even those who have insulted us, hold us in contempt, injured and treated us unjustly. And then finally, we must, with God's help, the help of the Holy Spirit, be humble and loving towards them. Let us pray.
Lord Jesus, uh, none of us are fully aware of how deeply sinful we are or appreciate how deep and wide is your love and the forgiveness that you extend, extend towards us uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Please show us our hidden inner faults. Forgive us. Do not let them rule over us. And by the working of your spirit in us, may our thoughts, words and actions be pleasing to you, our Lord and Saviour, rescuer and strength. Amen.